And we're live for another episode of Athletic Insights. We're joined tonight by our guest, Shane cowan Shillette. Shane, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing, Zach? I'm so happy that this is actually happening. <laughs> no, I know. So, yeah, for everyone listening at home, me and Shane have been trying to nail down a date here for at least a couple of months since January. So um, I'm glad that we finally uh, we finally got to connect here and uh, share your experiences with the youth and, and hopefully give some some insight during this, uh, you know, quote unquote, quarantine downtime. So yeah. how, how, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say thank you for having me on here. I hope that uh, you're uh, healthy and happy. <laughs> you can be right. For sure. I'm in the world, but uh, it gives us that uh, opportunity to collaborate more and get more creative online. This is uh, fantastic that you're continuing to do this podcast. Absolutely. Even if we can, uh, if we can distract people for half an hour or an hour, that's, that's right up my alley. So why don't you just take a minute to, uh, you know, just uh, introduce yourself and go over your, your youth athletics background for us. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm Shane Cowan Chalette, uh, born and raised in Ottawa, Ontario. Um, growing up, I started sports at a young age, uh, probably around the same age as a lot of kids are starting in the area. Um, but I started, I had the privilege to start sports around seven years old, and I continued uh, until I was about 24, and that's when I stopped playing football. But um, I never uh, held myself to one sport at a time. My father was very smart to um, kind of spread me wide among many sports. And I got the opportunity to try out uh, different fields of athletics and see if I enjoyed them just as much as I did football. Uh, but it, when I got to about 16 years old, that's when uh, I realized football was going to be my passion and I was going to just pursue that as my single sport. For sure. What specifically gravitated you towards the game? <laughs> You know, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. First, when I was like seven years old, I just wanted to hit people. Like I <laughs> I had like a really, uh, I had a temper, you know, and I held that in and football allowed me to kind of release that temper when I was younger. Um, and that carried for a little bit. Um, I then really loved this idea of leadership. Like I realized that at a really young age, um, looking back now, like in the moment, I probably just thought I was the, the loud kid who could tell people what to do. Right. And I thought that would maybe was leadership um, or leading by example, right. Making good plays and people then asking me questions and looking up to me. But looking back now, I, I see that uh, I've developed, I developed this idea of leadership and this liking of, of being a leader a lot uh, when I was younger. And I think that uh, drew me, um, it developed a, a deeper liking for the sport of football. Uh, as well because it's such a team sport but you need those those individuals that kind of um that you can look up to and that can build a culture that you can build a culture around so i figured that even at a young age i was i was fitting in that uh, role for sure yeah for sure i've had a lot of really cool guests on here but you're someone who's done i would i would say just as much incredible things like off the field um than you have on the field so let's quickly go over your um, some of the on-field stuff. So do you want to just talk to us a little bit about what your recruiting process looked like um, towards the end of high school? What drew you into uh, Bishops? And then just some of your your fond memories of your time at Bishops. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, 
you can't really talk about the on-field stuff without the off-field stuff for me, right? Like, I was not really your average recruit when it came to sports. Uh, I was kind of like a hybrid uh, kind of student athlete when it comes when it come when it came down to it and and choosing a school like I never wanted to choose a school just based off of the athletic program uh, or just because the team was good or they had hot jerseys right yeah. <laughs> different things that came with it and um, for me my what I was considering was a sense of community uh, that was a big one I was really scared of big schools. I didn't want to be just a number. I wanted to be someone who was valued and seen by who they were and, and uh, spoken to by their name. Um, and the theater program, like when I was growing up, I was a little bit closed minded about the world. And I didn't know that there were people out there who actually didn't like sports. <laughs> and and uh, I joined the improv team. My, my teacher at the time made me join the improv team. And when I joined it, it just opened up my my world to this pers- this new perspective on life and, uh, and this new love for uh, different things other than sports, like the arts. So I had to consider theater uh, with every school that I was applying to as well, even though some programs were better for football if they didn't have theater. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't put my name into the hat. So I was going to go to Carleton. That was going to be my first choice because I'm an Ottawa kid. And uh, the team was just building at the time. And it was actually going to be the first year that they were coming out. And I wanted to be the face of that organization. I was really passionate about that. And I almost took entrepreneurship because of it. But uh, again, the theater aspect didn't click. So I didn't end up going to Carleton. Um, But yeah, the the process was interesting. And um, on the field was really important for me. But again, I can't speak about on the field without... Um, all the other things involved with the the decision making as well, for sure. And what were uh, what were some of your most fond memories at your time at Bishops? Whether it be uh, on the stage, on the field, giving your your valedictorian speech. Oh, huh. um, kind of reflecting back, I've I I'm very happy that I was able to spread myself so wide among along the across the university i should say yeah Um, you're a super well-rounded dude i think that's what you were kind of touching on when you were talking about your decision to go to bishops you wanted to be a well-rounded individual yeah and i i wanted a, a place that felt like home and i wanted a place where i was comfortable making myself vulnerable in different uh places on campus you know and trying new things and that soon became kind of my motto right like I wanted to go where the fear is. And that's something I did speak about in my valedictorian speech. Um, And it's, it's the reason why I created so many fond memories, like your question there. And I have so many fond memories in so many different areas of the school because I was able to do that because I chose to do that. But it's because bishops also provided me with the environment to do that too. Something that I might be a little, I might've been a little bit more afraid to do at a bigger university. Um, but some of my fondest memories, of course, like you have to recognize the 2013 season of football when I was involved with that six and two team at Bishops. Um, that was something extraordinary. Um, but one of my fondest moments as well was when I was considered into the conversation to change um, the division, not the division, sorry, but um, 
the location of, of the Gators instead of being in the RSEQ to change over to the AUS, I was actually brought into that conversation. Um, and that was a very fond uh, moment for me. That was a special moment for me at Bishops too, because it showed me that my opinion mattered. It concluded, it came full circle for me that I chose the university that uh, valued me as a person and noticed that. Um, but it also taught me a lot about football uh, in a whole new lens and a whole new perspective and, and taught me about sports in a whole new way is, is that, you know, sports has a athletic side to it and um, a side to it that is all on field based, right. On field oriented. It's uh, on field specific, you know, what, what kind of athletes do you have? What kind of coaches do you have? Uh, the recruits coming up, like these are all on field things, but then there's a whole, business side of football too that I was just so closed minded about I had no clue about how much funding makes a difference and how that ripple effects into uh, recruiting and resources and uh, even just getting you know proper staff in order to run a team right so when I was brought into that conversation that was that was a really fun moment for me too on the athletic side Um, outside of athletics I would say that uh, being able to speak in front of my graduating class was um, something that will be tattooed in my mind forever. It, it's I relive it often because it's so special, so special to me. Um, Do you want to touch base a little bit about um, your mantra of "Go where the fear is" while we're on the topic? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I was going to say, just just seeing the way that I was able to um, find the words that so many people were trying to say about the school. Um, And I think that it really went into my mantra of going where the fear is, which I actually took from Mike Kennard, which was a a special guest director that came to Bishops for uh, about a few months to do a clowning course, (laughs) which is quite funny. Um, but he taught me that mantra of going where the fear is and trusting your impulses. And there's so many situations in life where we, we stop ourselves in, in our tracks when we should just be pushing forward. And if we fail, we fail. And then we know, you know, so it was all of this idea of, of taking yourself to somewhere new, creating this, this feeling of vulnerability um, and, and uh, having these moments of self-discovery uh, and that'll help you grow as a person and it'll help you understand who you are more and open your eyes to new perspectives and new, um, new opportunities to go where the fear is as well. Right. Absolutely. Um, and like me, Shane, you, you back to kind of being well-rounded, you, you didn't want to just be put in a box as the jock, the football player. And I think that's something that we, we share in common. So do you want to touch base on just some of the achievements you've had off the field, um, such as the, your Golden Key Inter- International Society membership, the Russ Jackson Award, your MVPs, your Purple Canada Tour? You've just done so many wonderful things um, that are very selfless and, and aimed at inspiring others. So let's just take a minute to talk about some of the successes you've had off the field. Well, um, yeah, Bishops has, a, you know, it, it, one of the things that it prides itself on is this uh, idea that they had in their students that we are a, uh, such a strong community, which they are. Right? They open your mind on discovering what community really means. And that was something really attractive to me. I really 
found different pockets in the university and each one of them had such a strong community or sense of community, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to study this this idea a little bit more. So I started creating these projects like the Purple Canada Tour where I traveled coast to coast across Canada as a recruitment stunt and as a social project in order to spread kindness and to show how, um, you know, a small act of kindness can make such a big impact on a community and how that can then be paid forward. Right. And to gather the stories of these unsung heroes who are constantly working on building their communities and strengthening their communities. Right. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I think that it really exploded like these off the field things really exploded when I met uh, my mentor, Tyler Way. Um, I started speaking for, well, going across Canada. We had, <laughs> it's a funny story, actually. We're going across Canada. See, everything links up, right? Like I was going with Richard into Edmonton and we had no one to stay with. And we were kind of panicking at the time because it was either we rent a hotel, which we didn't want to do because we wanted to show how big our small community could be by staying with only bishops people across Canada. So we didn't want to rent a hotel and we didn't want to sleep in our van. So we just, <laughs> we decided uh, to reach out to more people to see if anyone knew anyone in Edmonton and uh, coach um, Brent Bailey at the time had a good friend, uh, Tyler way in Edmonton. And uh, I knew that he came to the school once as a running back coach and we chatted once or twice. So I said, Hey, it's worth a shot. You know, I'll message this guy, see what he's all about. We ended up staying with him for like two or three days and he has his master's in leadership and we just like hit it off and we connected so well. And next thing you know, I was uh, attached to his organization called young leaders world. And I was doing international public speaking uh, with him and his team uh, across the world. It, it was wild, you know, within two or three years, I was speaking to international school about leadership was and the concept of a strong community and uh, personal growth and how that can affect uh, the collective good. Right. Mm. So yeah. What, what, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm blabbing away. Yeah. Here. The, uh, the one thing I wanted to, to reiterate there is um, to the young athletes listening to this, who are starting the recruiting journey, pick a school that's going to challenge you and allow you to grow. Like, like like Shane did don't pick a school where it's just only about football like if your dream is to go to the CFL sure then you've got to kind of pick a school that's going to give you that opportunity with the with the big funding and 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 the coaches and all the extra stuff but if you're someone who's just looking to inspire and push yourself and get outside your comfort zone um, go to a school that wants you young athletes non-athletes alike to get involved with like the student representative council because one of the things kind of similar to Shane. Well, not, well, I didn't play my last year. Shane played all his full years of eligibility, but my last year, I kind of said, okay, like what else can I get out of this experience? Stepped away from football. And just because of that tight knit community, I was able to do my own research with three PhDs, which was just an amazing opportunity for myself. I got to be the strength and conditioning coach for the women's rugby team. I got to work um, security at the bar and help with intramurals. Like there's, there's such an opportunity to find the right school for you. That's going to allow you to succeed and support you. Um, so I just wanted to, to throw that in there. So Shane, uh, back to you. Yeah, I, I agree totally with what you're saying, Zach. And um, ask yourself what the school can do for you as well. Right. Um, 
you're you're going there with this mentality like okay is this a fit for me what can i do for this school right but ask yourself like what are the opportunities that i can find at this school what what can they provide me as well and there are people out there like you said who you know they have their eggs in one basket they know that they want to be in the cfl i never once had that moment where i said i'm going to be in the cfl i never uh, put my eggs into one basket and said, this is for me. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. And I put a hundred percent of my time going that way. It's not a bad thing. If you do that, if that is your dream and you want to do that, do it, do it a hundred percent. But what I do want to advise those people is that that is personal growth. You're working on your own personal. Not forget the collective, right. And how your personal growth it affects the collective good. So when you do reach certain points in your personal growth, you have to really, you know, pull over for a second and ask yourself, well, what can I do for others now? How is this affecting others? Who can I bring along for the ride? And that could be something as small as I'm advanced in my training. I can help someone train at the gym. You know what I mean? And uh, it's, it's something that again, is my, um, is is something the model that I live by? It's something that motivates me. Is is constantly thinking about others while you are personal growing as well, and uh, that's that's leadership as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're going towards uh, a specific dream, like going to the CFL, right? That's your vision. That's your goal. Um, but you you can always lead others in the same path because you're going to be surrounded by those other people who probably have the same goal as you. Um, So you can find ways to kind of uh, not hold their hand, but to guide them slowly towards where you're going as well. Absolutely. And um, last thing I want to ask you about football, what, uh, what did your Russ Jackson award and your defensive uh, defensive player of the year for Bishop's award? What did those mean to you towards the end of your career? Well, the, the community award, the Russ Jackson community award is something super special because it goes ex- exactly with what I was just talking about, right? It embodies um, doing good things to the community, uh, getting people, uh, teaching people about what leadership is, right? Like following, uh, it's people voluntarily following someone towards a common goal. That's leadership, right? So it's it's getting your community to come together, uh, realize you know, where is our vision? What's our goal? And then going to do that, right? So the Russ Jackson Award just kind of made me feel like I understood what community was when I was searching for so long, you know, studying this community because of bishops, right? So it kind of brought that full circle. Um, the defensive MVP one, the defensive MVP one is 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 something really special to me because – I was always, 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 you know, personally struggling with the fact that, you know, am I good enough? Am I fast enough? Am I strong enough? I'm short, you know, like (laughs) I'm an undersized football player. I've always been an undersized football player and I've always carried myself through other attributes, right? Um, That's studying the game harder than everyone else. That's working out more than everybody else, right? I always had to carry my weight in other ways because I knew I would never be six foot three and 240 pounds, you know? (laughs) So winning that award um, at the end of my career too, really just 
solidified the fact that physically at the most raw form, you were good at football. And that's something that was really special for me because I knew it was my last year playing football. I knew I wasn't good at the time when I got the call, I, I knew I wasn't going to go to Europe and play in the year, uh, the Europe league. I knew I wasn't going to make it to the CFL. Um, I knew I didn't want to play or continue to play in like men's leagues and whatnot around my hometown. So I knew my career was coming to an end and getting that phone call just told me you are good at football at, at its most raw self. And, and that is very special to me because I doubted that all my life. If I was good enough, you know, winning these MVPs and stuff, they mean a lot growing up. But if you really look back, there were better players on the team, right? There were better athletes on the team. So you kind of second guess, why did I win it? You know, why do I get it? Why am I always getting these things? Why am I not getting defensive MVP I'm always getting team MVP. What's the difference between those two, right? When now that I'm a coach and I sit in those meetings, <laughs> defensive MVP usually goes to the best player, yeah. <laughs> player on the field. And team MVP goes to someone who is pretty good on the field, but is also a leader Absolutely. and also lives the culture of the team and binds the guys together and does those extra little things. That's what you want in a team MVP defensive MVP. You could be as, you know, as quiet as a mouse, but you just kick butt on the, on the football field and you are just a stud. That's a defensive MVP in my eyes. Right. So hearing that I won that in my last year was just, it really, really meant the world to me on the cake. Yeah, man, for sure. It was uh, it was like that last athletic thing that I needed because I've uh, growing up. I don't think I've ever won. I think I've won like two MVP. I was like <laughs> not even a teenager, and afterwards it was you know team MVPs and leadership awards and all that stuff and uh, spirit awards <laughs> uh, or like lineman awards and stuff, which which still mean a lot. The lineman awards, but uh, it wasn't what I was searching for. Right. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to overcome the odds with my size and everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, next thing I have for you here, what what's your why? What was your why when you were a football player? Like what got you up to do all the early morning workouts, the study halls, the practices, the grueling season? And then has it changed at all as you, um, you know, you're now pursuing acting and inspiring just in general? Yeah. Um, great question, man. Um, you got to find your why, man. You got to find your why because football and whatever you're doing in life will test you and over test you in the mornings. It'll test you when you're done and it'll test like done in the evenings. It'll test you when you're, you know, in class, it'll, it, it's just constantly on your mind. Right. And you could probably agree with me in that too, Zach. Like, oh yeah. Well, if mine, you, mine was kind of similar to yours. Just growing yeah. up, I just want all I wanted to know is, am I good enough? Like, am I good, or am I good for a small town in Ontario? So, yeah, very similar. Yeah, very similar. And uh, I mean, there's two sides of it, right? Like, but they they gel together. Um, the football side of it, like. <laughs> I, I had to get up every morning and go work out early. I had to. That was one part of it. It's like, if I did not, I knew that I was going to fall behind. These are elite athletes and I'm undersized. Um, 
player who is constantly working on his speed. He's not big enough, right? Constantly working on my strength because I'm don't weigh enough and I'm not, you know, I'm not tall enough, et cetera. Right. So getting up in the morning, I had to work twice as hard as, as a lot of those guys just coming in. And I used to get so mad at some of those guys who weren't checking into the gym and then they would go to their testing day and beat me in all the, (laughs) all the testing groups. Right. And it would just, it would drive me nuts. Right. But if I needed, if I needed, I needed to go and I needed to work twice as hard in order to keep up with them. Um, But I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't, know my why and my passion right you you will understand real quick if you just like the sport or if you live for that sport right and you'll understand real fast if you are passionate about theater or if you live for theater and and film and drama or or that you can even expand into your job right um Mm -hmm. if you just like your job and you're just putting up with your job or you love your job and the you will notice the difference real fast. Um, getting up will be easy. Um, working those extra hours will be easy and you will enjoy doing it. You'll enjoy the process. And, uh, if you are not enjoying the process, then you need to do yourself a favor and you need to sit down and you need to find out why, right? Cause that's not your why anymore. That's not your, that's not your thing anymore. And that's okay. It's actually, I have more respect for those people who call their own number sometimes and get out of there when uh rather than holding themselves in it and you know not liking it and then pulling that energy into the weight room and pulling that energy on the field or pulling that energy into the workplace and really tampering with everyone else's vibe right and i think that's something that you can really respect too zach because we've had conversations like this before and we've seen athletes who have approached us and just wanted to have a one-on-one conversation and say I don't know if I'm going to continue football and it would be really, really immature of us to say, come on, man, like, don't quit. Don't be a quitter. You have to continue. Um, That's like an old school way of thinking in, in this subject. It's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's very close minded for sure. You got your blinders on and you just see that person face value as someone who is quitting something. But yeah, I mean, me and you had a few, me and you had a few conversations when I was making my decision about my last year. Exactly. Um, And when I had made my decision within the next month, 33 other guys had also decided to to leave the team during that, that transitional year. And because I kind of had started the domino effect, they were all reaching out to me. So I had to have that conversation with about 30 dudes. So I know what you mean. It was never about, um, you know, my side or their side. It was just, what are you feeling right now? And is football still helping you grow? And this is the thing too. Um, during those situations, you really feel for those athletes because a lot of those guys have put all their eggs in one basket. And most of them, most of them, exactly. And, and the question becomes, you know, what's next? And for a lot of them, that that's a very scary thing. And I've seen some guys finish their football careers early and call it quits and, uh, you know, just become emotionally, physically distraught, just totally, 100%. totally turn uh, 180 and seem very lost in, in life. 
it's crippled a lot of people. A lot of people we know. A hundred percent. I have some friends out east who, um, to this day, you know that that was a huge moment in their life that is that that bounced them on this whole other side of the spectrum, and they didn't know really what life was about, and they haven't exposed themselves to anything else, and they don't know why they're waking up in the morning to go to the gym anymore, and and those things those can be pretty scary things and you see it in athletes a lot. Right. And that's something that's always been intriguing for me is understanding, you know, um, life after sport life after football um, and something that was even scary yeah. for me. And I finished my career on it. Right. Yeah. We almost need some sort of system for players transitioning um, whether they finish their career, or they don't, but, um, but these conversations are a good start. Just like having these back and forth are a great start to helping other people plant seeds. So um, this conversation is going in a right way. And it's a good uh, speaking about what's next. It's a nice segue to the next thing I had for you. Okay. What is next for Shane? What are you pursuing post uh, post sports, post universities? Just take us down. Uh, take us down that road a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Jeez, you know, I went into university and I loved the idea of being in a small university, um, being known as, you know, being um, uh, recognized by name and, and uh, you know, knowing people and, and feeling at home. And uh, that that idea of leaving the bubble is real, man. It's so real. Mm-hmm. Uh, you leave that bubble and it's as though you were never there. And I mentioned that in my, my, my valedictorian speech as well. You know, it's like leaving Neverland and being in the real world, entering this real world. Uh, and at points it hits you hard, you know? Um, and a lot of the things you need to figure out yourself. And it's, it's a, it's a lot of peaks and valleys <laughs> and it's a lot of self discovery yeah. and it's a lot of making mistakes and making yourself vulnerable and falling on your face and uh, having someone there to help you up. So uh, right now um, I'm, I'm attempting to be a full-time uh, film actor and theater actor. Hopefully I get back into theater, but I've been really focusing my time on film Um been doing some commercial work, been traveling a lot, been hustling a lot, um, you know, representing myself. I don't have an agent right now, um, but that's in the process. That's in the making because I've hit a good amount of, um, you know, I've had a, a good amount of commercials and, and projects under my belt that I could start looking for a, a good agent now. Um, but I didn't know anything about film leaving uni- university, man. <laughs> like, I didn't know like anything at all. Um, so I just had to self-teach myself a lot and talk to people and network and uh, I'm privileged and, to have jump the and go where the fear is, man, a hundred percent. Like I took my own advice and kind of ran with it. You know, I graduated, I left and I have a, I'm a, I'm a certified teacher in Quebec, uh, and Ontario. And I just knew, okay, well, I, I know when I graduate, I'm just going to walk into the school and I'm going to start teaching. Basically. I know exactly where I did my practicum. They've already offered me a full-time position. And I took that and I took that full-time position and I ran with it for a few months and I finished out the year doing a supporting staff position and they were about to 
offer me the full-time drama teacher position. This is what people go to school to study for, for six years in education. Right. And I had to sit at that table and I had to look at that principal and say, you know, <laughs> and say that I've had a blast at this school. Your school is great. <laughs> Everything is perfect. Your, your facility is awesome. It's such a, it's such a privileged position to be offered to me. But if I go in there every day and I tell those students to go where the fear is, if I tell those students every day, those students who are graduating, who are coming to me for, for support and advice, and I tell those kids to go find their passion and do what they love and to try and to make yourself vulnerable, and yet I'm sitting at a desk in a school not doing what I want to do, not doing my right. my thing that I'm passionate about, that I have this this fire in me uh, to pursue. Um, I couldn't live with myself. I couldn't do that. Well, that's what's amazing is you're one of the one of the more successful people I know who actually take their own advice. Like I work with so many young athletes, and I'm constantly in communication with their parents, and I offer what I think is pretty awesome advice, but I don't always take it. I'm, I know I'm too hard on myself and things like that. Whereas sometimes I have an athlete come in who's, who's very difficult on himself and all this advice I'm giving him in a way I sit, I sit and resonate with it after the session. I'm like, yeah, I need to give myself the same advice. So <laughs> you're, you're a, a true role model in the sense that you're, you're taking your own advice and you're running. With it. Well, so let me, awesome. let me tell you one thing, Zach. It's so easy to give advice. So freaking easy to give advice. Okay. It is yeah. once you start taking your own advice, it becomes really hard. It's really hard. Um, you know, it's it's very like um, <laughs> attractive to say like, and now I'm doing what I love. I'm doing what I'm passionate about. I'm going to be an actor. I'm pursuing acting. That's very like sexy to hear, especially when you're like networking or like talking at a social gathering and you tell people you're doing what you love. But in, in reality, it's freaking hard, man. Like it's very hard and you need to hustle and you need to be able to balance different things. Like I am still supply teaching, you know, I'm still coaching on the side. I'm still getting involved in my, in my community. I'm trying to make a, a dollar here and there. And I, I am not scared to ask for help and support. Right. So people do look at you differently when you say those things and, you know, they kind of, they kind of put this spotlight on you and they say, wow, that guy's doing what he loves. Doing what you love is freaking hard. You know, <laughs> the glory comes in, in time and um, sticking with it is, is, is really hard too. And uh, I would say to those people who are doing it, um, who do take their own advice or who are listening to this and who are getting this advice uh, to go where the fear is, to not be shy to ask for help use your friends. That's what your friends are there for, man. Those are true. If those are mm -hmm. true friends, they'll help you in any way. They'll have your back. And that could be as, as simple as having a phone call when you're feeling anxious or you're feeling stressed um, and, and find that support system somehow. You cannot do it alone. I have the privilege and the support system here at my house. You know, I, I, I take care of my grandmother at home. And uh, I have the perfect partner who supports me in every single way and stands by me, but also sometimes balances me and gut checks me and challenges me and asks me, you know, like, 
okay, reality's hit. It's time to pay the bills. What's going to happen? You know, <laughs> because sometimes you get lost right. in your dream and you think that you're gaining progress, which you probably are, but sometimes life pulls you back and says, okay, yeah, you, you made a video project today, but uh, who's paying for this phone bill? Right. Right. So, Absolutely. You got it. Those, those people out there, you have to find a support system and you have to be able to ask for help. Um, and you got to really sink your feet in the sand and say, you know, I'm going for this and I'm not going to move. And uh, I'm going to do my best to stand my ground and go for what I'm passionate about. No, absolutely. That's, that's, that's fantastic advice, Shane. Last thing I have here for you. Um, what do you want the next generation of young athletes to know? What's your take home message to that? You know, that 15, 16 year old, 17 year old athlete at home. Who's, who's just trying to get next level, trying to accomplish some of the things that you and I have. Hmm. Yeah, that's tough, man. That's super tough. Not giving easy. Oh ones. man, this is not an easy one at all. Um, Holy. Um, I have to go back to the personal growth and collective good. Like you have to be able to find moments to take care of yourself. Um, you, and you got to take moments to grow as a, as a person. And that is sometimes taking risks. That is being vulnerable. That is, um, um, you know, self care even, um, but you got to understand your surroundings and you got to open your perspectives too. I, I often look back and I say to myself, um, because I was, I think I was 16 at the time. Um, what if I didn't take that improv class? You know, what if my, yeah, what, what if my, what would Shane be like? <laughs> What's that? I said, what would Shane be like? Exactly. I mean, I was a jock, you know, like I was a hard headed jock until I was about 15, 16. And, and what if my teacher, you know, didn't tell me you have to come to the improv team after school, you have to come to practice, you know, what, what would happen if my sister didn't, um, she was acting as my, um, support system at the time, like, a you know, someone over the 18 have to, has to sign your, uh, your papers right. and stuff. So she was acting as that. And like, what if she didn't make me take drama? You know, <laughs> I just wanted to take art and be a football player and like do cool things or whatever. Like I was totally on the other side of the, the playground. And uh, right. if I didn't do that, right. I would have had a totally different outcome um, in my life. So my piece of advice is like, personal growth, take care of yourself, know what your vision is, right? Like take a second to really write down your vision and your values, like what you really value in life that really connects well with your vision. Um, and then always, always consider the collective good and always consider the community and those, those other perspectives in the world. As soon as you become a critical thinker, you can become a lateral thinker, right? Like as soon as you're approaching each situation, uh, with critical thought, you can become a lateral thinker, which is someone who then takes action. Um, so yeah, I would, I would tell those, those upcoming athletes to spread themselves wide and go where the fear is and, and don't forget the, uh, the community around them. Take your blinders off guys and girls and everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Be, be critical thinker. Yeah. No, be self-aware and be critical thinker. I think that's uh I think that's great advice. So this was 
Whew. Season two, episode one of Athletic Insights. Shane, thank you so much for your time. Thanks a lot. And uh, stay healthy, my friend. Stay busy and um, keep creating, everybody. And same to you. Um, that's uh, That's all for now.